1: better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss
0: McGill. Oh. And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode three twelve of the Big Show, some enforcer based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? What's happening? A little late today. I, do you notice these episodes keep getting later and later? Am I going to be on time ever again? I might be. We'll see. It's a busy time of year, folks. What can I say? And, uh, yeah. I don't know. Whatever I had is sort of kind of lingering a little bit. Still uh, still sleeping quite a bit. Uh, well, no. I shouldn't say not really. Um, but trying to sleep here and there. But, uh, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Um, got another... I have a special, well, he's special, all right, uh, guest for a rapid fire session. Old Alec from the Five for Fighting podcast. I figured since he can't release an episode, he may as well come on my show and release one. Um, I hit him with some good ones, though. He didn't know they were coming. I didn't give him any heads up. And I think he thought he'd be fucking smart fart. And he kind of knew what questions were coming, and I, uh, I, I flipped the script on him, script on him, and uh, and hit him with some new ones. So, um, yes, we have some new questions for the rapid fire. Um, of course, as I'm speaking, the NHL draft is going on. Of course, Connor Bedard going first overall. No, I don't think any surprise there. Um, we're gonna just kind of look at the first round. Tough, not this year, but. Oh, Past NHL draft uh, first round toughness, we'll kind of go through that, and uh, I found you know I always find some of the names interesting going back in the old like eighties and nineties drafts when uh, tough guys actually were taken high. Um, we'll do that, and uh... that's right. I have some hockey cards here that I'm going to open up. Yes, it's the always exciting opening the hockey cards on an audio podcast. Tremendous. Does it get any better? Um, Yeah. So we're going to do all that. I'm going to save my voice a little bit. I'm not going to talk, Scott. I'm not going to talk for long today. That is, of course, my in-house counsel for the fourth line voice, old Scott. Scott, I could throw both Giroux, lawyer to the stars. I have him on retainer here at the fourth line voice. So don't mess with me, because I'll tell you, I got a bulldog and come after you. It's like what was it? Uh, yeah, it's like Sam Smallprint Lyman, yeah Scott Smallprint Giroux. He'll come after you. I'm telling you, you know, old uh, old SJHL bad boy. But uh, Scott, we need to get you on the show here. Keep talking about that. We get, I'm going to get you on. Get some SJHL stories from you. I love the old Junior A stories. Um, well, first of all, as I said, member of the Hockey Podcast Network. Oh, there's a there's a whole group here at the network now. Yeah, that I'm uh, I'm real I'm associating with. Uh, of course, you got uh, as I said on the show tonight, but old Alec at the Five for Fighting podcast uh, has recently signed up. His next episode, um, I know he just has to do the uh, intro for it. Is uh, he is going to have the gentleman who runs Hit Club Hockey, <coughs> kind of the uh, uh, Alec? His, well, that's who was making Alec's merchandise, and uh, and he actually does a, a number of. Um, uh, players and, um, um, why am I just drawing a blank? All Minor league teams, where did that come from? Um, You know, he's kind of tapping into that market. And um, so, yes, that episode will be coming up with Alex shortly here. Um, But again, I always like to bust Alex Balls, but he does have a tremendous back catalog. By Lois, Rob Ray, uh, Jason Rushton, uh, Mike Segroy, Kevin Kaminsky, on and on. He has interviewed some good ones over the years. And, uh, yeah, he is now part of the Hockey Podcast Network. And he's a part of this show at the end here. Um, and then, of course, we got uh, Joel, <laughs> old Joel Lazito, Joel the Coliseum Chronicles. Uh, it's a New York Islanders-based podcast. But he is sort of moving away from that. Not entirely. I mean, his whole gimmick before was you have to be with the Islanders or in the organization or blah, blah, blah. And that was the only way Joe was going to talk to you. You weren't good enough if you, unless you donned Islander colors. But since then, he's, uh, you know, expanded. Joe's uh, broadened his horizons, and now he calls it going off the island. And his latest episode is with Burke Casabon, who is uh, an actor on the show Shorzy. Um, for those that have watched, Shoresy season two is coming out here shortly, but season one, he is one of the like the high school kids that always gets into it with Shorzy when Shorzy's refing. Um, he is one of those cats. So um, yeah, and he was on there telling some interesting stories about his hockey hockey days, as well as uh, obviously stories from being the cast of Shorzy. So check that out. And again, Joe, tremendous back catalog. You know, when he was doing the Coliseum Chronicles, uh, the Islander Yeah, like, I mean, he had, you know, Fakoda and uh, Mackenzie and Strudwig and, uh, you know, Trevor Gillies and on and on. He has, again, tremendous back catalog. And uh, so definitely check that out. Also, Jordan at five in a game. Um, Of course, he hasn't released anything for a while as he is out working in the oil patch. And this fall when he gets back home to the, uh, back to the Maritimes, um, he will be back at podcasting hot and heavy and uh, so let's not forget about him in the meantime He has sort of started a little side side hobby called hockey fight art and uh, he's a kind of a heck heck of a, a Photoshopper there he uh, he's doing a lot of graphics and stuff with the, the different uh, Just different fight fighters and the collages and stuff and he does a great job and I'm actually uh I'm going to uh, I'm going to send them some pictures here shortly and hopefully I can get some 8x10s done that I would like to uh in the future get signed by the individuals and uh you know kind of do some giveaways for some for you guys the listeners and I uh, think have some fun and uh you know just uh you know get get them in the hands of some fight fans so uh and that'll be and we'll start with his artwork and getting it signed so uh, we already got we uh, had actually already done one he has already done one piece um, so of uh, the glance Alex and Brett so uh, it looks really cool so um, I, I actually want to get a hold of Brett and uh, send it out there to the Maritimes and uh, have them both sign it if possible and uh, you know get a get a bunch of copies signed and uh, that'll be one of the giveaways I think that'd be kind of cool an 8 by ten the gallant brothers uh, signed uh art, so I think that'd be cool, so that is just one piece of a few that I want to get done, so yes, that is the plan there, but uh, other than that, there's your rundown with the Hockey Podcast Network, and uh, all right, <clears throat> like I said, I'm not going to uh, go on and on today, well, I might a little bit for that NHL, that NHL segment might be a little lengthy, but it's already like nine o'clock Wednesday night here, so I'm not going to talk for too long. Cause I think Alec, we recorded the other night. Oh, kept Alec up late. We were on the phone for like two and, I think two and a half hours or whatever. Two, two and a half hours to do like a half an hour segment, but yapping away. But, uh, oh yeah, we got into the beers and stuff. And of course with the time difference, I think it was getting on to about midnight there. He had about seven or eight beer in him, but I, I could see him on the screen. It's just like, yeah, his eyes look like two piss holes in the snow. So. Yeah, he uh he had an early morning the next day. But uh let's open these hockey cards. What do we got? It's a uh, Premier premiere nineteen ninety-two. It's a fine year. Oh yeah, fine year. Here we go. Top the Brian Leach. Man, what a talent. Yep. Just look at career stats. Two hundred and thirty-seven games played, two hundred and twenty-nine points on the on the back end. Unbelievable. Uh, Captain Kirk Muller, there you go, actually I liked Kirk Muller, he, he was alright, I gotta say And John Cullen, another guy, underrated, underrated Yep, 229 career games played, 251 points Oh, Yamir Yammer Yager, with the mullet and everything I shall put that card aside, that's not too bad, oh, Owen Nolan There you go, speaking of Walt, well, there you go his name will be coming up again in the uh, first rounders. As he was the first overall pick in the uh, in the 90 draft. Was it 90 or 91? I think it's 90. Yeah. Great. He ended up having a stellar career. Great power forward. Owen Nolan. There we go. Oh, Blackhawks. And old Kip Miller. Well, there we go. Not a bad little package. Yarmier and Owen Nolan and then some uh underrated star John Cullen great career and Brian Leach hall of Famer well here we go all right there there's the hockey card portion of the show look at yeah this, I tell you there, there's about as much excitement in this uh in this episode as a fucking bottle of night coil here here um Well, let's get in, like I said, let's, let's get into this draft, shall we? Um, well, so they had, up to 1978, it was the amateur draft. And then, uh, according, and then in 1979, it went to an entry draft. There we go. Um. So the difference being, as they say here on the Hockey TV, they got a little write-up, the amateur. The NHL Amateur Draft was instituted in 1963 in order to break the existing NHL team's monopoly on junior players, which they had gained by the NHL sponsorship system. Prior to the amateur draft, players were claimed by NHL teams based on the junior teams they played for. If any NHL team sponsored the junior team and a player was on that team, their rights belonged to the NHL team and (coughs) and the player could not play for any other NHL team. However... First few years, of the NHL, NHL draft was still affected by sponsorship system. Sponsored players are not eligible to be drafted. It was not until the 69 draft uh, or sponsorship system were eliminated. Amateur draft typically involved players who have reached a minimum age, although most players in the draft are amateur players at this age. Rules allow for older professional players in other leagues to be selected. All right. Here we go. Clear as mud. 1979 entry draft. While well, Rob Ramage went first overall, um, you know, he had 2200 Pims in his career, you know, played in the WHA. Uh, Mike Foligno went third to Detroit. There you go. Another, you know, terrible helmet, but, uh, you know, gut, gutsy player. Wasn't afraid to drop the gloves. His kids are, uh, are, are, are having great, uh, NHL careers as well. And, uh, they're not afraid to mix it up. Uh, oh yeah. 16th, 16th overall to LA, Jay Wells out of the OHL system, out of the Kingston Canadians. 1,000 career games, 2,359 penalty minutes. Yeah, and then, of course, Winnipeg, 19th overall, Jimmy Mann, taken out of Sherbrooke in the Quebec League. Um, You know, 293 games, 895 minutes, um, you know, 30 points. Never lived up to kind of the, the scoring. But if you actually look at Jimmy Mann's stats in his final year of junior, 65 games, 35 goals, 47 assists. 82 points, 260 minutes, and then picked up another uh, in 12 playoff games, 26 points in 83 minutes. Um, I think he just had some real tough luck with uh, with some injuries and the suspension, of course, um, for the sucker punch. And, um, you know, uh, never never really could get it going offensively in the NHL, but, uh, yeah, hell of a junior player, though. You can see why he was taken that high with those numbers, especially... Um, and that's the one thing as we're kind of go through here and you talk and you look at certain guys and it's like, Oh, I, you, you take a first, waste a first rounder on that guy. Yeah. But, but, you know, it's a, a completely different hockey, um, uh, landscape at that point, you know, a different mindset and that type of thing. Um, you know, everybody, everybody was looking for toughness back then. Um, 1980 draft. Um, well, Mike Struthers was taken uh, 21st overall. Um, you know, ended up playing uh, 30, 30 NHL games, but certainly had um, had a reputation in the American League, that's for sure. Uh, 82 draft, Gord Kluzak first over, Yeah, Gord Kluzak again, uh, big tough defenseman, big guy from Billings, played in the Western League. You know, 299 games, 123 points, 500 minutes, 543 minutes. Um yeah just just had those bad knees knee injuries yeah missed like two complete seasons here and uh it's just a real shame cuz he was actually a really tough guy big guy 6'4 210 uh you know from Saskatchewan here um yeah was a real solid player you know final year junior right here of course you know injured again though but 38 games 9 goals 24 assists 110 minutes as a defenseman um you know the bruins took the flyer you know, hope, hope, hoping for the best. Even in his full season, though, he finally, you know, rookie year, 70 games, you know, seven points, whatever. But the next year, 80 games, 37 points, 135 minutes on the back end. And then, of course, and then he misses the entire 80 season. Comes back, plays 70 games, then misses the next, the complete next season. Um, you know, could just never, uh, you know, unfortunately just um, couldn't stay healthy. Uh, then Toronto took Gary Ly- Gary Nyland. Another guy. Kind of some underrated toughness there. Uh, played in Portland in the Western League. You know, 600 NHL games, 1200 minutes. Um, yeah, just a tough blue liner. Uh, fifth overall with Washington, Scott Stevens. I mean, you don't have to go into Stevens' uh, career, but everybody knows. Um, 11th overall from Va- uh, Vancouver took Michelle Petit. Underrated tough guy. Actually, you you want to know a really good fight? Look up Michelle Petit and Bob Probert. Good tilt. Jim Kite went right after him, twelfth to Winnipeg, uh, 598 NHL games, 1300 minutes. Um, You know, of course, you know Kite always sort of, "Oh, the good night, Jim Kite," and all that. You know, whatever. When he first came up in the early to mid 80s, uh, dominant heavyweight fighter in the Smite division, tough guy. Um, You know, unfortunately ran into Joe Coaster. But uh, before that, as I said on my YouTube channel. Got Jim Kite dropping Dave Brown. Um, It's on there, so check it out. Jim, big dude, badass man. Uh, Eighteenth overall to New Jersey. Kenny Danico out of the Western League again. Played for Seattle. Twelve hundred NHL games, twenty five hundred minutes. Yeah, Uh, uh, tough dude. Uh, You know, Danico played, and another rarity playing for one team his entire career. 20th overall, Jim Playfair, Larry's brother. Uh, you know, another big, tough uh, D-man from Portland. And, uh, you know, only played 21 NHL games. But, uh, yeah, put up put up some penalty minutes in the American League and in the IHL. Um, yeah. And, of course, his son, uh, Dylan, plays uh, Riley on the uh, Letterkenny. The hockey player on Letterkenny is Jim Playfair's kid. There you go. Fun fact for you. And he and uh, the kid from Letterkenny, Riley, the hockey player, uh, he actually did play hockey in. He he played in uh, the BC Junior League for a little bit. So and apparently was was a physical guy. So uh, life does imitate art, I guess. Art imitates life. Yeah, life imitates art. I think that's what it is. (laughs) Eighty three draft. Uh, Cam Neely, ninth overall by Vancouver. yeah, do I really need to explain Cam Neely to you? Probably not. I think Vancouver probably wishes they had that trade back. Uh, 16th overall, Gerald Diddick to the Islanders. Another, you know, tough kid from the left bridge. 900 NHL games, 1,600 minutes. Um, I always liked Diddick. Uh, actually, you want to look up a really good fight, Gerald Diddick versus Scott Thornton. Tremendous. Uh, Jeff Bukaboom, 19th overall to Edmonton. Yeah, again, another big, big tough D-man. I was... I don't know what it was. He's, is one of those guys. Um, I was never a Bukaboom fan. I don't, I, I can't tell you why I'm not. Um, but, I mean, it's a big guy, physical, great career. Uh, unfortunately, it got ended with Matt Johnson sucker punching him from behind, unfortunately. A tough way to go out. But uh, he did manage 800 games. And uh, yeah, big, tough, physical D man. And then in the final pick, uh, the 21st overall with Boston, Nevin Marquardt. Uh, I played with the Regina Pats, uh a gr- uh, great player in the Western in the Western Hockey League. Uh yeah, put up um you know kind of one of them just those tough middleweight, you know, grindy little bastards. Um terrible bucket, don't know why he did that, but uh yeah, he was um I never followed him much and then I had a Bruins DVD. I want to say it's from 86-87 and uh he is like all over it. And, uh, and he hasn't looked bad in his fights. I mean, you know, was he a killer? No. But, I mean, you know, he'd stick his nose in. So that's uh, 83. This might take a while if we're going to go through all of them here. But 84, of course, is the Mario Lemieux draft going first overall. Um, Shane Corson, 8th overall to Montreal. Yeah, again, great power forward. Uh, 1,100 games, 693 points, 2,300 minutes. Could handle his own, could fight. Uh, was he a killer? No. But, you know, again... Uh, fearless, would get in there. Uh, later on in that draft, 12th, Calgary, uh, Gary Roberts. Again, great career. Um, was initially cut short with a neck injury, but rehabbed it and made, came back. And uh, yeah, he uh, had a hell of a career. 1,200 1, games, 900 points, 2,500 minutes. Doesn't get much better than that. Uh, Trevor Steenberg uh, was 15th from Quebec. Uh, speaking of Jolton Joe. When he had when he had his brief Quebec Nordiques podcast, he interviewed Trevor Steenberg. check that out. Uh great interview. Uh put up a lot of minutes at Fredericton in the American Hockey League. And uh yeah, played seventy one NHL games, 161 minutes. Um yeah. Check it out. Kevin Hatcher, um twentieth to the New York Islanders, Duncan McPherson, uh that he played here in the in the Sat with the uh Saskatoon Blades and uh really sad story he uh he uh he had played a few seasons in the American League and then he was in uh you know it wasn't panning out for him and he was going over to Europe to play and uh on his way over he stopped in Austria uh to go like snowboarding and uh he was by himself and he went snowboarding and uh uh he never showed up for his appointment with the team and the team kind of you know phoned back here to Saskatoon and his parents were like what are you talking about he's out there and um, they eventually found his car at the ski resort at the alps and uh you couldn't find him searched everywhere and everything and then uh fourteen years later um his uh it was yeah twelve 30, his, yeah twelve or 13 fourteen years later um they they uh they found his um they found his body frozen uh in um in one of the glacier uh sections or whatever he had fallen through and and yeah so, yeah, and, uh, I mean, it's, you know, ha- I guess the good thing is, of course, they found his body. I mean, obviously for the family that, you know, they could find and bring him home and that type of thing. But, uh, yeah, a really sad story. And, of course, he, you know, being from SAS Jr. here and playing for the Blades and stuff, um, you know, that, that was a big, uh, story here. So, um, yeah, and I know when the news broke, when they said they had found his body, it was, uh, you know, I know a lot of people were happy about, I mean, it sounds strange as they were happy about it, but you know what I'm saying. They were, uh. You know, that, that, you know, there was some closure for the family, for sure. But, uh, yeah, Duncan McPherson. Yep. All right. Uh, 1985. Well, of course, here at Saskatoon, that was a big deal. Because, of course, that is the year Wendell Clark went first overall to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, um, yeah. There you go, Wendell. Uh, Dave Manson uh, of the Prince Albert Raiders went 11th to Chicago. Uh, of course he had an 1100 nhl and 1100 game nhl career 2700 minutes um and that is about it um well one <coughs> pardon me again right still battling that cough a little bit another guy that actually got taken 20th overall by Edmonton was uh Scott Metcalf who um you know you know pl- ended up only playing any, uh, 19 nhl games with buffalo but um he had he was in Rochester for a number of years and put up some solid two hundred minute seasons was a was a solid player in the american hockey league yeah scott metcalf uh that nineteen eighty six draft am i boring everybody with these drafts? I don't know I kind of just like looking going back and looking through kind of the old like i said the older drafts it kind of it always interests me but uh uh well everett santa pass um of course he was involved in the uh famous he played for team canada for the, in the famous world junior brawl uh he was he was in there he uh he ended up playing uh, 164 nhl games with chicago and and quebec and um uh, yeah tough cat man tough dude uh where that was 80 and then we'll go 1987 uh, Brendan Shanahan taken second overall by New Jersey. You know, obviously one of the best power forwards. If not, you can make the argument one of the be- the best power forward of all time. Uh, Luke Richardson, 7 to Toronto. Again, big Luke, big defenseman, 1,400. I didn't realize Luke Richardson played that many games. Wow. Well, I guess he came right out of the, he, you know, right at 18, right into the Leafs lineup. And, uh, yeah, ended up 1,400 games. There you go. I always like Luke Richardson. Hell of a hitter, man. Uh uh St- Stefan Quintal. Underrated toughness. Drafted by Boston. Uh, you know, played a thousand NHL games. Uh didn't fight often, but would stick his nose in. Big guy would fight everybody. Uh, oh, I forgot to skip. I didn't mean to skip over. Dean Chanel, taken by the Islanders. Um 241 NHL games. Uh Brian Marchmont. Right there was a little bit of a run. Chanel, then Quintal, some sacket guy. And then uh Brian Marchmont, sixteenth overall, the Winnipeg. Yeah, again, uh, old, old, what are they, Mush. Yeah, he had unfortunately passed away earlier uh, or late last year. But, uh, yeah, um, you know, there the. there's a number, I guess, with, with Marchment, there's a number of things, you know, certainly a dirty player. Um, I didn't, I, I liked Marchment. I didn't like the knee shit, though. Um, but he would. You know, he would fight, and if, if he went after him, he'd he'd do it. But, yeah, I wasn't a fan of the knee shit, but he was a mean bastard, though. You know, tough guy. Uh, 88 draft. Brenda um, Brendamore, Solani. Shoveled, Kevin shoveled day off. never played in the NHL, uh, but was a tough dude with Brandon for sure, and then played at the Islanders for a few seasons in the Capital District, the American League. Uh, has since gone on, and, uh, GM and coach, and, uh, yeah, I believe he was involved in the Golden Knights, yeah, he's been in Winnipeg, yeah, he's, he's been around. Corey Koester, Joey Koester's little brother, uh, played for the Saskatoon Blades here. Um, good, you know, good, good, good player with the Blades, um, you know, had a, had a little run there in the American League and in the IHL, um, certainly wasn't the fighter that Joey was, but, uh. Yeah. Decent player, though. Stopping it, starting, stopping it, starting. 1989. Doug Smolik, 7th overall by Minnesota. Really? I didn't realize Smolik got taken that high. 467 games, 905 minutes. Yeah, I mean, you know, you say what you want about Smolik. You know, San Jose, Dallas, L.A. Um, he'd get in there, uh, stick his nose in it, Uh you know, uh, yeah, 6'2", 220, bigger than I thought he was, uh, he's a, ah, he's a college guy, um, yeah, right away, San Jose, you know, 229 minutes right out of the gate, um, yeah, I was down with Smolik, I mean, whatever, he took some kick-ins, but he was around, um, Rob Pearson, uh, there's another guy, um, you know, played with Toronto uh, and St. Louis briefly, 269 games, 110 points, 645 minutes. He was another guy, um, wasn't afraid to mix it up. Um, of course, he played with Lindros in Oshawa, and he was probably, um, you know, uh, yeah. 41 games, 57 goals, 52 assists, 76 minutes. Yeah, it helps playing with Eric. On uh, the playoffs, 33 points and 16, uh, I believe Oshawa won the, one more. <coughs> Pardon me, folks. Uh, Memorial Cup that year. Um, yeah, like I said, decent player. Um, you know, uh, had a 23-goal year with the Leafs. 211 minutes. That was a strong season that year, 92-93, you know, with the Leafs' run there. Um, yeah, I don't know what it was. I always I always liked Pearson. Uh, you know, was he a killer fight? No, but, I mean, he'd get in there. Um, 17th overall, Shane Stevenson. Um, here was a guy... Um, you know, never really, you know, only the 27 games with Boston, a couple of eight with Tampa. Uh, really good, really solid player in the, in the OHL. Um, I know when I had Max Mittendorf on the show, he was, he, uh, he talked really highly of, of, of Shane Stevenson's, uh, fighting ability. He didn't fight often, but when he got in the mood, um, he could throw it down. Um, I have a couple of his fights on my YouTube channel. Um, and uh I, I believe the one is from I think he's playing for the Atlanta Knights. Yeah, and he just gets the left going on this guy and just like pummels him. Um but yeah. Never reached obviously the uh the potential but uh had had flashes of it. Uh now we're on to the 1990 uh draft of course uh, the hockey cards er- opened earlier Owen Nolan first overall uh played exactly 1200 NHL games had 885 points and 1793 minutes yeah what a draft that year Nolan Nedved Primo Ricci Yager Sador Hatcher Trevor Kid Turner Stephen Brad May 14th overall the Buffalo um Scott Allison Sean Atoski Keith Tachuk, Kachuk um yeah, great, great draft. Martin Brodeur, twentieth overall. How's that? Um, Brad May, thousand games, two hundred. You know, probably never lived up to the scoring. You know, being taken that high, but uh, great career nonetheless. Sean Antosky, um, you know, unfortunately didn't live up to the to the draft pick, but one hundred and eighty three games. I know he had the injuries and some issues, but uh, um, he was again when you look at I, I, like as I said with these guys. You know, you look back, and oh, what a waste of a pick. Well, it's the early 90s. Everybody's looking for the next pro. you got Antoski, 6'4", 235, big guy, um, decent fighter in the OHL. But you go back and look at his 59, game, 59 games, 25 goals, 31 assists, 200 minutes. Um, you know, and then his first year as a pro in the IHL, 62 games, he had 17 goals. Gets called up by Vancouver that year, just plays the two games, but then goes back to the IHL um again with Milwaukee, 52 games 17 goals again 346 minutes so you, you know you're 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 sitting there looking and here's our number one pick he's got 34 goals in two seasons in the America or in the uh, IHL to go along with 600 uh, almost 700 minutes in penalties you think goddamn you know we got something here and uh you know unfortunately was not uh you know probably not really given a fair chance in terms of ice time and everything else and uh you know I don't know if there was injury issues and everything else, but, uh, you know, it just didn't work out. But like I said, it's always easy to look back and guffaw at the pick. But, you know, at the time, everyone was looking for that next big, I always keep saying, referring to it as the next probert, right? These big guys that, you know, could put up a few numbers and, um, you know, and it, and it all comes down to uh, to playing time, really. You know, and then of course, then we, we move over to the 91 draft, the Lindros draft, of course, seventh over Vancouver again with off Um, you know, and again, I mean, he'd forever be known for getting traded for Marcus Nasland, and I mean, it worked out for Vancouver and that, you know, and everybody can again ha 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 at the pick, but no, again, at the time, I mean, you know, coming out of junior, final year of junior, you know, scores 36 goals in, in 50 games, and uh. You know, and then plays in the last part of the season, plays four games in the Hamilton Canucks, the American League. Four games, four goals. So, okay. And then, uh, unfortunately, the next season, four games, and he got hurt for the rest of the year. Uh, Comes back, 94-95 with Syracuse, basically his rookie season. 73 games, 18 goals, 270 minutes. Well, if you're Vancouver, you're like, okay, here we go. Um, You know, and then... uh, First full season in Vancouver, 95-96, plays 58 games, 123 minutes. Um, and that's, of course, then he gets traded to Pittsburgh, plays the final 10 games, scores a goal, seven minutes. Um, had some good NHL fights, you know, with Dodie Wood, Kelly Chase. I did a player spotlight on him not a while, not too long ago. Um, you know, unfortunately, injuries, and I, I think there was attitude issues, and, uh, I'm trying to think who I had on my show. They were teammates with him, and they just said, Yeah, he's kind of lazy. Nice, nice guy and everything, but just kind of would get hurt and get lazy, and uh, it just never panned out for him. But, um, you know, like I said, I guess he's the, you know, the 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 answer to a trivia question, but uh, unfortunately. but And again, like I said, but everybody was looking for that big, tough guy back then, and he fit the bill coming out of the Ontario League for sure. And was, again, much like Antoski in his first pro season, you're like, oh, we got something here, you know. Uh, you know, then we, you know, move to the, uh, the, uh, uh, the 92 draft, uh, you know, Jason Bowen, big, tough defenseman there, or, uh, left, I always want to say he was a defenseman, he's a winger, but yeah, I played in Tri-Cities, um, you know, just one of those big, tough, uh, Western kids, right, uh, you know, just played 77 games, 100 minutes, Uh, You know, I had some tough, tough season with the Phantoms, the Hershey Bears. Ended up going over to the UK and playing a bunch of years with Belfast over there. Um, I know uh, Searson and those guys are fans. Um, Yeah, just a tough dude that, uh, yeah, just one of them old tough Western kids. And then um, Toronto picking Grant Marshall. Another guy, 700 NHL games. Coming back from a broken neck too. Um, I was always a Grant Marshall fan. Again, I did a player spotlight on him. Um, had some great fight. Grant Marshall, Bob Probert looked that fight up. That's a good one Um, he's also one of the very few guys to kind of catch Domi and cut him Um, yeah, I was down with Grant Marshall Uh, 93 93 draft Um Brendan Witt, 11th overall to Washington. I was a big Brendan Witt fan out of Seattle uh, you know, voted best in the West as a fighter a couple times Big dude, hitter 890 games um, you know, was he the greatest heavyweight fighter ever? No, but, I mean, he'd certainly fight. Uh tremendous fight with Ryan Vandenbush. Great fight with Dan Kordik. You know, hairs flying. And, yeah, Wit was bad, dude bad. He was so tough. There was a story of him. Uh, he was walking from the hotel to the rink. And as he's in the crosswalk, an SUV hits him. And he still played that night. There you go. He got hit by a car and still played. Um... Fourteenth overall, Quebec Adam Deadmarsh. Uh, you know, unfortunately, his career got shortened with by concussions. But what a great player! Five hundred sixty-seven games, three hundred seventy-three points. Power forward for sure. Um, again, came out of uh, an American guy came out of the Western League with Portland. Um, great, uh, great player in the in the you know sixty-five games, forty-three goals, two hundred twelve minutes. Yeah, in the Western tremendous. Uh, 1994, uh, of course. Wade Belak, out of here from the Blades, uh, got taken 12th overall by Quebec. 549 games. Yeah, what a beauty. Met, met Wade a few times. Nice guy. Um, you know, you know. I, we don't have to go into the story, unfortunately. But uh, you know, that was a sad ending. But um, what a great career, fight-wise. Um, always showed up against the big Probert, pro, Larocque. Wait, caught Brashier. Granted, Brashier was at the end of his career, but still. That didn't happen often, and and uh, and uh, Wade caught him. Wade always showed up against the big guys, though, so definitely always a top contender for sure. Eighteenth um, uh, overall that year for Montreal, Brad Brown. Um, another one of those guys, though, just one of those gritty bastards that they in the nineties that Montreal would take bury and Fredericton, and never use. Um, he kind of, uh, Brown kind of really came into his own. Uh, I always say with the Wild, I think. Oh, uh, in Chicago a little bit, but with the wild and stuff. Um, yeah, I was down with Brad Brown. Chris Dingman, 19th overall to Calgary. Scored 50 in his final year with Brandon. Big guy. Won a, won a Stanley Cup with uh, with the Colorado. Uh, you know, would certainly fight. Was he the greatest? Ah, you know, he's probably not the greatest fighter, but I mean, big dude. The 90, 1995, of course, inf- Terry Ryan. Uh, eighth overall of Montreal. Again, um, you know, unfortunately had the high ankle sprain. Never really got a shot with Montreal. Kind of fell into the bad books. Was awesome in Tim, but again, buried down there by Montreal. And, uh, you know, kind of bounced around the minors. Just could never get it back, you know, with the injury. Kind of lost a step with that. But uh great author, has written two great books, and he is a member of the Hockey Podcast Network and a good dude. And, of course, he is now Ted Hitchcock on Shorzy. So there you go. Uh, 11th overall the Dallas, Jerome McGinley. Yeah, I mean, what more can you say about Iggy? One of the best power forwards of all time. Uh, gritty Sean Brown, uh, was taken by Boston. 21st overall, 400 games, 900 minutes. He was a sandpaper D-man. Uh, 96 draft. Uh, yeah, no. 97. Ty Jones, 16th overall by Chicago. Um, I know I've had Chris Graf and Josh Mazur on. They played with him in Spokane. Unbelievably talented. Like they said, didn't have to touch a weight all summer. Would come back, still be the strongest guy in testing come fall. Um, you know, only end up playing the 14 games in the NHL. Plounced around the American League for a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, big guy, legitimately tough. Uh, up from Anchorage. And, uh, yeah. I've asked him on the show a couple times, folks. I'm trying. Uh another one, 20th overall, I did have this gentleman on the show, Mike Brown Uh of course he was infamously traded for Pavel Bure, but uh, great player in the Western League, back to back 23-28 goal seasons, 300 minutes 285 minutes, him and Scott Parker were kind of 1-2 in terms of the toughest guys in the league, Um, had some great American Hockey League seasons Um, you know, played the 34 NHL games, 130 minutes he will admittedly say there was some off-ice issues, but um yeah, solid player though. Tough dude, really tough guy. Um, nineteen ninety. I, I keep checking my thing here. I'm not. I don't. I'm not completely trusting my audio here. Uh, nineteen ninety eight. Uh, Scott Parker, one of Colorado's four first round picks. Uh, bad dude, man. Th- ended up playing three hundred NHL games. Six five two forty. Uh, what people forget scored thirty goals in his final year in Cologne in the Western League. Um, Colorado said they wanted to draft the toughest guy, <coughs> uh, toughest guy in junior hockey, and they got him that year. And he was oh, he killed guys in Kelowna. Oh, he, probably the best junior fighter I ever saw. Smoke dudes um, had a gr- had a real solid NHL career. Um, unfortunately, got cut short of all things by getting hit with a puck in the face, and then got, I think he got a stick in the face when he came back too soon. And yeah, uh, so battled some head injuries off after he retired. Um, but does a lot of work with uh, veterans. Pl- Parker's platoon does some great things. He's opened up, uh, you know, medical marijuana. Uh, it's called, I believe, it's called Taboo Social. Um, good dude. Definitely want to get a, get him on the show. Talked to him a couple times privately. Gonna make it happen here. But I am a massive Scott Parker fan. Nineteen ninety nine. Uh... Oh well uh Barrett Jackman, uh seventeenth of Saint Louis. You know, uh great NHL career, eight hundred games, you know, one again, one of them sandpaper kind of defensemen. Uh two thousand. Nope. Two thousand one. No, not too much there. Um 2002 click on here uh 23rd overall to Phoenix Ben Eager um Ben Eager is one of those guys actually I was kind of going back and forth with a guy the other day about Eager he's kind of shitting on him but I always liked Eager um I remember getting some uh, some a uh, mixed OHL tapes from Eben a, boy, a guy named Eben in Ontario in the early 2000s and Ben Eager was all over these tapes just running guys over and fighting and I'm like who is this guy I'm coming down with him and so I remember when he went when in the first round I was like, holy shit, that guy And, uh, you know, a couple seasons with the, with the Phantoms uh, You know, back-to-back 200-minute years And then, you know, a couple years the Flyers And then it was games with the Blackhawks And 11-goal season with Chicago I mean, you know, I know he played in Edmonton Yeah, Edmonton, 63 games um, You know, 400 NHL games um, So, you know, it was oh, he's a bust Well, 400 NHL games, I don't think you're a bust But, um I I mean, again, was he the heavy? Was he ever going to be the heavyweight champ of the league? Well, no. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I liked Ben Eager. I don't know what this guy's problem was with him. Um, 2003, not much. 2004, I, I'm sure I'm like just boring the fuck out of everybody with this. Um, 2004 is an interesting pick by Atlanta, tenth overall, Boris Vulevic. Um Yeah, big kid from Kitchener. Um, yeah, three seasons of Kitchener, uh, 200 minutes, all three seasons. Um, six seven two forty. 240. Um, you know, I, I think maybe kind of got exposed a little bit when he turned pro. Um, you know, I think in, in, in junior, you can kind of survive with the size and push people around. But once you get to pro, you might be big, but didn't really pan out. I mean, he fought and everything. It wasn't like he was shying away, but uh, yeah, uh, it just didn't really work out for him. 2005. Um, yeah, Steve Downey. Yeah, we're we'll going to talk about Steve Downey. 2006. Nick Felino, 28th overall to Ottawa, from Ottawa. No first rounder, just like his old man back in the day. 2007. Yeah, see, so this is what it's starting to you know, the, the hockey sort of changing at this point. Um, you, you know, in, in terms of uh, if tough guys uh, going in higher picks, you know, in 2009 here, and well, you had a Vander Kane fourth overall to Atlanta. Um, you know, as much as it pains me, uh, Zach Cassian 13th overall to Buffalo. Um, again, you know, am I you know, am I jumping up and down saying these guys are like, you know, huge, super tough players? Well, no, but, um, well, 2010, it was an interesting pick by the Rangers. 10th overall was Dylan McElrath. He played in Moose Jaw here. Um, unfortunately, you know, he's still in the American League, uh, played in Hershey this past season, 60 games, 13 points, 100 minutes. A big guy, 6'5, 240. Um, but I think, you know, he's just one of those guys gonna be an American leaguer. Um, Probably came along ten years too late. Um, was a real tough player with Moose Jaw, you know, real sandpaper demon. But it's just you know, hockey changed, right? And uh, you know, but he's had great, you know, a lot of success in the American League, and uh, just one of those guys. If he had come around in the '90s, he probably, you know, he probably have a 500, five five hundred game NHL career. But you know, uh, unfortunately, things have things are changing. 2011 yeah i i think at this point we probably can uh you know we can we can probably uh wrap this uh this little segment up because uh yeah i i think in terms of toughness getting drafted that's about it at that point but uh oh i think i significant i significantly bored everybody here with this this little bit but uh i don't know i i kind of enjoyed going through those uh I mean, we could have been a real long time and scrolled the entire drafts and then we could really see who was getting picked in the late rounds. But, uh, I will leave that up to you guys. Go to HockeyDB if you want to look at that stuff. Uh, they got all the drafts there. So, and scroll through. I think it, and it's pretty cool because besides it's got like the career games and stuff. So, yeah, um, there we go for first, first round toughness in the NHL entry draft. But, um, it is now 10 o'clock and let's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll wrap things up here. I am going to, uh, I am done talking. So I'm going to add Alex uh, part on here and uh, I will get this uploaded and out to you guys. So, um, and now here's a word from our sponsor, new customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. 800 327 5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY. In Kansas, call 1 800 522 4700 on behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800Gambler.net. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino and Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details for state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50.00. 10 plus leg required for 100% boost eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms
1: and now back to your regularly scheduled program
0: all right well uh i want to thank everybody for tuning in uh fourth line voice on twitter as well as on facebook um drop me a dm if you have any suggestions comments uh, reviews, anything, let me know uh, and if you're not on social media at hotmail.com drop me a line, I'd love to hear from you if you have something to say and uh, yeah other than that, as I always say guys and it's true, uh, I know there's a million hockey podcasts to listen to the fact that you chose to listen to mine I greatly appreciate it and I'm honored that you did so and uh, I hope you check out the back catalog if you are new here and uh, lots of interviews, lots of shenanigans over the years I've uh, been doing this for a while. Well, 312 episodes, right? So, um, yeah, check it out. Check out the back catalog. Some good interviews in there. Um, anyway, guys, uh, I really enjoy these 10 rapid-fire these rapid fire question segments. I'm really enjoying doing these, and I am certainly going to continue. And, uh, yeah, if you're interested, get a hold of me, and we will record something. But, uh, anyway, guys, whatever platform you're listening to this show... Could you rate and review it, please? Uh, that helps me in the algorithms. And if you're on YouTube, 4th Line Voice on YouTube, over 2,000 videos, check it out. Subscribe to the channel. If you're watching a fight video of mine that you like, hit the hit the little like button. YouTube loves that shit. And again, helps me in the algorithms. These, as I always say, guys, these are the little things you can do to help out a creator. If you're enjoying a show, or any, not just mine, but anybody's podcast or anybody's YouTube channel, if you're enjoying it, hit the like button like I said just it's in your hand sitting there on your phone just hit the like button it's really easy and it's a and it's a big deal to the creator believe me and uh yeah that's the one thing you could do for for me if you can It's uh and like i said and for anybody's show that you listen to uh rate and review it you don't even have to you don't have to review it you just, you don't have to write anything just hit the little star rating and uh again it it helps a lot so I would appreciate that and I know the other creators would as well so that is my little uh P.S.A. Thank you for listening. Um, I hope I didn't kill every. I, I think I put the I put the audience to sleep with my draft business here. Well, well hopefully Alec will wake you back up. Uh, here is my ten rapid fires questions with my with my friend Alec at the Five for Fighting podcast, and he adds he does a great job answering me. We have a lot of fun yapping back and forth, and uh, beers were going, and it was a good time. So I hope you guys enjoy it, and I will uh, hope you come back. And uh, I'm going to try to get something. I know Canada Day, of course, here July 1st, but uh, I'm going to try to get something out for you on Sunday. I really I got to work all weekend, unfortunately, but I'm going to try to uh, line up an interview and do my best here for you. It's, uh, I'm trying here, folks. It's a real busy time of year for me, and of course, this battle and some sickness here didn't help me. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just a tough time right now. But I'm really trying to get the episodes out for you guys, and and not only just get an episode out, but I want obviously to be enjoyable, so I'm trying, folks, I'm trying, so hang with me, hang with me, 312 episodes, I'll get it right at some point, alright guys, anyway, here's my uh, 10 rapid fire questions with Alec, talk to you guys on Sunday, thanks everybody. Alright, here we are on the fourth line voice, another uh, edition of 10 rapid fire questions, and, oh, do I have a guest for tonight? Yeah, we're, we're, uh, I don't want to say we're touching bottom because that would probably be, I don't think you could surpass Jay. I don't think you could submerge past Jay. It'd be tough, though. But I got Alec from the Five for Fighting podcast on the show. Alec, how you doing tonight?
1: Good. I think I'm nipping at Jay's heels here for the most returned guest. Um, you know, actually, I get, oh, I, I mentioned it to you, but I haven't cracked one open yet. I'll go ahead and crack it open, and I know Jay's had it already. Yep. Folks know I like my bu- my Bush Light, my Bush Lattes, whatever you want to call them. Today, we have, I know this is, this is an audio podcast, so of course people can't see it, but here in the video, Bush Light Peach. And I've had it before, it's alright, it's not as good as the apple, but there you go, the first ever Bush Light Peach, cracking open on the fourth line voice. There, you there go. Oh,
0: there we go. Yeah, quality, but peach, Jeez. yeah. Well, here we go, we're setting the tone for the episode right away. Yeah. Yep. it's gonna be like a slow burn just get right into it (laughs) yeah well and alec does not know what questions i'm gonna ask him and i mixed them up a little bit because i know he has listened to the other rapid fire shows so that was the thing i was gonna say oh you won't know the questions but if you've listened to the other episodes and i did not change anything up you would know the questions but you won't i change i i put some effort into this show people not a lot of effort but a little bit of effort well, a but that counts. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got
1: a couple. Yeah, and I, well, I, I and I, like you said, I have no clue what you're actually going to ask me. I wouldn't, because I asked you about it before. I said, so I really don't, like don't know anything. You're like, no. So I was like, all right, cool, whatever, we'll roll with it. We've been talking for like oh, what have we got Skype says two, two, two hours and eighteen minutes. We've got a whole lot accomplished here as we're just starting. As yeah. we're Getting recorded. ten fifty three. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna finish up with about two and
0: a half hours on Skype for a for a fucking eighteen minute fucking bit here yeah, yeah we go above and beyond for you people i'm telling you oh the the things i i do for my listeners i don't think it gets wrecked. just a man of the people man I of the people i am fuck all right well i guess some of these questions are i asked jay but a little bit but all right here we go first question for the 10 rapid fire now this is legitimate not just a oh, probert but legitimate what player did you do you always wish had gone to the NHL legitimate guy that could like you could it might legitimately happen it
1: could have legitimately happened mike Segroy. mike Segroy. yeah i'll say i'll say mike Segroy because fuck he was so good and it's a shame he never got any time in the in the NHL um but i just i love like he's just his personality and everything, I think it would have just fit the LNH style, especially circa like 2006, 2005, where, I mean, nobody was there to watch Laval put up four goals or anything like that. You know, they were there for the boss A. Morasty kind of fight. And I think Sigroy would have just fit in perfectly with the big personality he has, hyping up the crowds, doing whatever. Um, yeah, I'll say Mike Sigroy. And I'll, I'll say followed behind uh, a close second and third, I'll say Trevor Gillies and uh, Jeremy Oblonsky they're honorable mentions in there because I'm I'm just a giver. That's what I do here. There you go. Actually, that's funny. That's as you say it. Those are the
0: exact three that I would say too. <laughs> yeah. And I'm 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 really I'm with Yablonsky. I'm really surprised he didn't go just because John Murasky was there. And yeah. And I'm I'm surprised. Like at the end, like I, like Yablonsky played a long time in the American League, so he was making AHL money and all that. So I get it. But um, towards the end there. I I was surprised he didn't go up for, you know, for a little while, for a
1: game or two. Yeah, because he ended in the ECHL. Yeah, that's what I mean. yeah, I I figured he'd have made more money in the LNH, to be honest, but maybe he was just at that point, he was like, fuck it, I'm just going to go to the ECHL, because I I think Alaska actually treated him well, I think. Yeah. Or, excuse me,
0: Idaho, sorry. Idaho. Yeah, that, that, he played for the rain there, I think, for a second, didn't he? Was it Ontario? Yeah. Yeah,
1: he fought fought Justin Johnson when he was I forget who the hell Johnson was with at the time, but yeah, they actually had a pretty good scar, uh, scrap. Yep. Yep. All right.
0: Uh, well, I know you're a Jersey guy. I think I might've asked you this question on another episode, but what the fuck? Um, yeah, you're, you're, you're as, as, in ter- Ugh, spit it out in terms of game worn jerseys. What's your Holy Grail?
1: Oh man, there's been somewhere. I thought they were my Holy Grail. Well, I, I will say this. I did have a trashers Jersey with by Lois and that was, um, that was a holy grail, and I kind of threw it up on eBay as a joke, and it ended up going for some some big bucks there. Oh, so good. I couldn't I couldn't be mad. Um, I was I remember I was talking about Jay with um, or excuse me, I was talking with Jay about the jersey before I even posted. I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll just throw it up there for you know. I'll put this. Uh, fuck it, I'll just say the amount. I said I'll put it up here for five grand. Buy it now, starting bid at three grand because it was right after the Troll Trashers Mania when that documentary um crimes and penalties or whatever came out on netflix great documentary for those who haven't watched i recommend recommend you go check it out threw it up there was a joke i it didn't even last a couple hours we're on the way home because i think we were my grandparents were in town and down in florida and we um we fucking were eating dinner, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll throw it out there." On the way home, somebody bought it now for five grand. <laughs> so I was like, "That's the most money I've ever made on a jersey, and I'll never see money like that for a jersey ever again." Like some NHL jerseys don't even go for that much. I got a Lucic for less than that for Christ's sake. So, um, I'm sorry to get sidetracked there. Just goes to show you, like you know, so, everything's got a price. I guess yeah. so I don't know if I could actually pinpoint it, but oh man, I if I had to say a jersey, um. I'll say a Chris Nylon Stanley Cup final jersey, um, or from when or the jersey from when he fought Dave Brown, um in the pregame warm up of eighty seven when Brown was with Philly, and of course Brown didn't have a jersey on, but Nylon did. If I could somehow get that one, I don't think I could see that one ever leaving. Um Chris Nylon's obviously my favorite enforcer and those who've listened to my podcast know know that. Um he's been my favorite enforcer probably since i was uh 17 18 something like that whenever the last gladiators documentary came out that kind of solidified it so yeah i'll say i'll say chris island fighting dave brown in the pregame brawl if i could somehow finagle that jersey that that probably wouldn't leave or it'll, if it if it did go anywhere it would only go to chris island there we go all right number 3 if they named you the E the echl commissioner tomorrow <laughs> What rules would you change? Ten fight rule is getting the fuck out of there. Get it out of the game. I haven't, you know, it's it's funny, and you could, you and I could sit there and say the ten game or the ten fight rule is stupid, and that means you know, fuck all because it's just you and I talking. But when I have X amount of players come on, and I've had um probably at least five players come on the podcast, but you know, I, and I've put on polls on Instagram to see you know, I, I ask the question. You know, what do you feel about the ten fight rule? And I can see who votes, and I'm not going to name any names, but the overwhelming majority of people who vote no are also players currently playing in the ECHL. So, I mean, get that rule out. The players don't want it. It 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 just makes the game more dangerous, as I've talked about in my previous episode with Nico and Chris Ortobody, of how it kind of handcuffs guys and puts guys in a bad position, and guys can get hurt from doing that. Um, so that immediately, that's got to go. Uh, I guess the other one would be – I don't like the the taking the helmets off is another two minutes, and I think the AHL does that as well. Um, if guys don't take the helmets off, let them take their fucking helmets off. Why is it an extra two minutes? They're grown men. Let them decide what they want to do. Uh, maybe it's an insurance thing. I don't know, but I would say that probably off the rip those two. I and I've I've heard people always say like the instigator, and that's the big thing when you say with the NHL. I find the instigator really doesn't get called that much, though. No, I know. I, I know people want a stricter penalty for it. So we'll see if this upcoming, excuse me, if this upcoming season in the NHL, because I know that it's been a big talk with like the GM's meetings or whatever. Um, excuse me. Holy shit! Oh, all, sorry, all
0: sorry. the fights after clean hits.
1: Yeah, all those. Yeah, sorry, folks, over the all the all the burps over here. We we've been drinking some beers. We're a couple beers deep before mm-hmm. we got going here. Um, but yeah, like the same thing. It's all. It's always after the clean hit. But so that rule might be. It, we'll see what happens. I guess next year in the NHL, and I'm sure if it gets stricter, it's going to trickle down like it always does from the you know AHL and then the ECHL. But yeah, probably just the helmet rule in the longest way possible of saying take out the ten fight rule and removing the helmets. There you go. Number four, I
0: I always I always it always comes back to I always laugh when I have you on. It was like when I had Jay on with the UHL, but with you on, it always comes back to the LNAH. I know you're a big LNAH <laughs> fan, as am I. Especially the golden years of the LNAH. Yep. In terms of the LNAH, who is the most? That's well, kind of a loaded question, but you know, go with me on this. Um, in terms of all the fighter people, all oh oh, Terry, Sugden, blah, 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 all the, the golden years. Who was the most underrated fighter in the LNAH, you think, back in the day? Who didn't get the press that they probably should have got from the fight fans?
1: Oh, man. Man, that's a good one. You got me, almost got me stumped here for a uh-huh. second. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. You want, well, you want, want me to throw out mine? So... I'll say uh, hold on I'll, I'll uh, just let me finish here first okay. um <laughs> I'm just kidding um I think Brad Lambert's a really good one uh you know oh, he earned that, is, that Nick- is a good one yeah he was nicknamed one punch for a reason but he flies under a lot of radars of people um and I'm gonna butcher the French pronounce pronunciation of this, so I apologize. But Simone Desormeau, I think, is how you'd probably say it for Laval. I used to actually own one of his jerseys, but it turned out, it was Swanee's jersey. Then it went to him, but I put Swanson's name back on it. And I think, I, yeah, Swanee has that jersey now. I sent that up to him up there in Canada. Um, but he flies under the radar of a lot of people, and he was really, really fucking good. Um, if you ever go back and watch his fights, he was he was very really solid. Um, his his stuff in Laval was good. Um, I'm trying to think if there's a third guy I can mention I'm sure there is I'm not thinking of anything off the top of my head um, I'll say uh, you know I'll, I'll say former guest of the show I'll say Dan Tice you want to talk about a guy that could knock people the fuck out holy shit go back and watch some Dan Tice fights I know you've got a couple on your channel oh. here um, there's a couple others on YouTube but guy just had like just Thunder in the right hand and i w I'm not talking like TKO guys. These guys are out cold. Like trainer needs to come out, guy is just out cold. Look up uh his one versus Lassard, that's a mean one. Um and at the time Tice Tice was a mean bastard too. He didn't give a shit. He'd celebrate right in your face, knock it, knock you out, and then taunt the bench afterwards. So oh yeah, knock your dude out. The guy's out cold and he's doing the running man. He's you doing know. the running man away from Yeah, yeah. that one's brilliant. Oh, they got like the Metallica playing. They don't stop the music even after the fight because I think it was in Sorrel. he was with, I think it was with Sorrell at the time in that fight, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I can't remember his opponent's name, but he was with Granby. But, yeah, that's a good one. Does, does the running man right after just knocking the guy out, and he's still got Metallica playing tremendous. But, yeah, I'll say those are my three. Those, who, those are who I'll pick. I'll say Brad Lambert, Simone Dessermieux, and then uh, Dan Tice. There you go. You know what, Neil? I was going to throw it with Fichette. Manny Frischet. Oh,
0: yeah, Manny Frischet was really good. Yeah, he was. Undersized, can, but just...
1: I don't want to say Louis Bedard, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I I don't... Yeah, I don't know. Would you say he's underrated? Yeah, maybe. I think he just doesn't get talked about like the other guys, but he was there for so yeah. long. Did it so much. And it's and just like wide open and just... Yeah, Bedard's awesome. I love Louis Bedard. He's tremendous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, there you go. Well, of course, now we got to go on the other side of the coin. Got to put you on the spot. Most yep. overrated LNH fighter.
1: Oh, most overrated LNH fighter. Man, I'm trying to think. I'm trying. Like, I'm, maybe I'm just thinking. I'm thinking like too deep. I probably. I'm trying to go like the B cuts of all the other like footage I've watched of guys. Um... I'll say I'll say maybe Roger Maxwell, but I guess I think it's because he didn't take it as seriously, he didn't give a shit, he was over his years. Or I will say also another one would probably Brandon Christian. Um, yeah. I see a lot of people talk about Brandon Christian, but I'm just not impressed by his fights. No, um, at all. So I I'll, I'll take Yeah, I'll say I'll say Brandon Christian over um, Roger Maxwell, but yeah, probably him. The one I would throw out, and this is gonna get me fucking heat with the French fucking crew, fucking
0: rabby. I, ne- I never got the Matthew Rabby thing. I just I watch him and it's just I don't know. He just, I mean the guy had endurance for days, but he would wrestle and wrestle and wrestle and then finally yeah. maybe come on at the end. But I'm like, I don't know. I never. No, I'm not. Oh, he's a pussy. I'm not saying that. I'm right. just saying like. But I mean, the people in Laval were ready to give him the keys to the fucking city. Like he's fucking a hero there, and it's like, I don't know. I ne- I just never
1: got the Rabie thing. Another guy, I'll say that I'm thinking about it too, is Mark Andre Waugh with Laval, eh, it just, eh.
0: yeah, well, I, and it just, yeah. And he had all that
1: height with all the big, he you did. know, the penalty minute record yeah. and whatever. And I think that's the problem is you, you could never live up to it. No, so, I, mean, I think maybe that's it. It's almost like the Parker thing coming out of the AHL. Like, how is he supposed to live up to that rep? Yeah, yeah. All right, where are we at? Number
0: six. Well, that's an easy one. Whatever NHL. I don't. Like, it doesn't matter what league or whatever, but. pardon me, your dream fight, the fight that never happened. It could be anything like for many eras, you know, Ferguson versus twist, you know, whatever. Like what's, what would a dream fight be for you?
1: A dream fight. I'm trying to think if I want something that's more to like toe to toe, or if I want to just, you know what I'll see. This is probably a very cliche answer, but I'd be really curious. And this is, it's probably more curious with me because it's like, um, I never got to see him play live. I would actually really love to see a prime Ben Wilson versus a prime Bob Probert. It's we, we saw, we saw Ben Wilson when he was with Chicago and he's at the later years, he's had the back issues. So I don't, that's not the same Ben Wilson that we saw with Philly. And, and I know Steve has brought it up with when, from uh, when Probert was king.com. Um, the, the talks of the word champ in the, in the world of hockey fights and enforcers weren't really brought up until kind of Ben Wilson came along. And then after him, it became kind of the Dave Brown, Bob Probert thing. Um, but a prime Ben Wilson and Bob Probert, just because I, I, I would just want to see it um, and, you know, I guess – Make me make a decision of who who is the goat as a lot of fight fans will say, and I throw an honorable mention in there for all you fuckers who are gordy Howe fans and I don't mean i am gonna I'm gonna call shit with saying this gordy Howe is not that great of a fighter I promise you I would love to see Bob Probert versus Gordy Howe because I know there's people that put gordy Howe in front of Bob Probert, but there's not a fucking chance he's taking down Probert yeah. I'm sorry there we go <laughs> i want I would want to see it just to shut the fuck shut everybody the fuck up <laughs> there we go there we go
0: okay oh, yeah. fuck here. Alright, we're back here. We're pausing and stopping and starting. Here we go. you know. ain't, a
1: four, ain't a fourth line voice show without some stopping and starting, baby.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, question seven. Uh, well, I've asked this for everybody, but you know, whatever. Uh, who have you done a complete 180
1: on? Oh, this is going to be controversial. Now I'm going to come out and I'm just going to say it. And I don't know if I want to elaborate on it, but I'll say Donald fucking Brashear. <laughs> I did not like Donald Brashear that much at all growing up. I just and I, I remember you know what it is for me, actually, which is kinda of funny is of of all things, when uh when I was growing up in Tampa, the Lightning we we kinda had like season tickets to the Lightning basically. My aunt actually used to work at the hotel where the Lightning players would stay a lot before the game. So we basically had like it was like free season tickets for us. It was awesome. And we would go to the games back then. And there was a kid in my class in like second grade. He was a Flyers fan and he, he would wear Flyer stuff. And so him and I would talk about hockey. Now, you know, obviously, we're not going into fucking Corsy stats or anything like that in the second grade, but we'd always, always be just kind of like bragging rights. Like we, I remember it was, it was a, like, you know, it would be Andre Waugh versus Donald Brashier And we would talk about wanting to see them fight because we liked still watching fights or whatever. We'd talk about like Le Cavalier versus, oh, fuck, who would it have been? I think it was like John LeClaire at the time. Just date. God, I sound old saying Havley and Leclaire, um, but basically going back and forth on that. So ever since then, like you know, it'd always be like, oh yeah, Brashear and Waugh going at it, and. So, I was never like Bershear because I always just wanted Andre Wa to win. It's like, as weird as it sounds, I know it's like a stupid thing to get hung up on. So, I never liked Brashier, And of course, you grow up and going into the form, seeing everything with the Huggy Bear and whatever. But now, I don't know. I've, I've, I just, I, maybe it's because I like villains more in movies, I guess. I don't know. But I, something about Donald Brashier, and I think maybe the, the hatred he gets, I just, I just love it. So, um, for me, I, I I'm a Donald Brashear fan now. I got to get me a Donald Brashear bobblehead or something. I'm I'm mad I passed on his Radio X jersey from the LNH a while back. Maybe I'll make a post and see if I can somehow snag that again. Somebody selling that really? Yeah, it was his old Radio X jersey. Um, it was before they had the skull logo. It was when it would just said like the Radio X and it kind of had like the circle. Right? Like, oh, yeah. If I had to put it anyway, it was kind of like a the old like Canucks fucking skate jersey with like yeah. the Radio X on it. Um, but, yeah, somebody was selling that a while. I mean, this was like a while back. it was probably at least a year ago now. But I had the chance to buy it, and I, I passed on it, and I, I really wish I didn't.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. well, I still can't stand Brashear, But <laughs> But even then, like, I hated him back when he was playing, but it was still, even back then, I knew enough that I always respected how good he was. That right. was never, I've never said he sucked. But, yeah, I just never, I still don't like him. <laughs> Maybe it's because Tony likes him so much That I hate him that much
1: uh, Oh well, fuck Tony's leading the charge For fucking uh, the old BrashearFanClub.com oh, He was the only one fuck. <laughs> One and only The domain holder and yeah. everything He said the Donald Brashear Fan
0: Club I said oh so that's you uh, like, Yeah fuck. <laughs> Yeah um, Question number eight <clears throat> Um. Now it could be Jersey or just uh, whatever night gimmick night, whatever favorite minor league promotion. Oh man. Favorite minor league promotion. You've heard of one that you thought would be pretty funny. Like not that you went to, but maybe you heard about or whatever.
1: All right. So I'll give you a couple, I guess I'll say for, for jerseys. Um, I, I really wish I got to see the um, the. I think Jay brought it up. Actually, it might have been the the cow pie jerseys. Those yeah. were sweet, and I know he has one. But honestly, the Mallards old western night. Oh, they were terrible. It's got like a sheriff badge, and it's like an old timey like cowboy looking jersey. And I have an ugly one from the Mallards too. Actually, Jay gifted it to me. So you know, normally we don't say nice things about them, but I'll say one nice thing. So shout out to Jay for that one but it's the pirate Jersey. It's a drew Otten Jersey and it's a pirate Jersey. Oh, it just looks fucking terrible, but I love it. Um, but yeah, I'll say the Western night because I remember even growing up, I was always, I was like hockey Jersey. So I'd look up, you know, Jersey list on, on Google or whatever. Oh, consistently in the top 10, like ugliest jerseys of all time. And like, this is like bleacher report or whatever back in the day. And all oh, that Jersey would always make it on there. So I'll say for jerseys, I really wish I got to see the old Western night one. Um, now, in terms of, like, promotion nights, and I know you and I were talking about it before we got on here, and it was the old Las Vegas Wranglers, the rave nights, where it would basically be, like, you know, half strip club, half rave at the games, and the puck would drop at midnight. I mean, that's just tremendous. I'd love to do that. Like, that would just be such a fucking great time, get the boys together and go to a, a, a minor pro hockey game, and then it turns into a rave afterwards. Can you ask for anything better than that? No, no, exactly. That's why my heart will always be in the minors.
0: Yeah. Um, 100%. Well, we talked about the Holy Grail for uh, jerseys. Okay, for question nine, Holy Grail for footage.
1: Holy Grail for footage. Um, I'm trying to think of like a personal one. I really – you know what? I really wish we could see the Rob Ray versus Bob Probert footage. Um, I know there's word that it happened. I think it was a preseason game between Buffalo and Detroit, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I would love to see that because I know Rob Ray such a polarizing figure with the jersey and everything, like whatever. But both of the guys at the time, they did that. A lot of their – both their guys l- like to get the jersey off. So I would just be curious to see how it went. Yeah. Um, did they really that's fight though? I mean, that's the question. That's like, what I'm saying. That's what, if they, if they did fight, I, I guess, yeah, that's, that's a better thing. Cause too, that was always the thing. Knows. Like there's,
0: there's like no, cause I think I asked Chris about this. Of course, Mr. Sabre there, right? And right. he's adamant that they never fought, but it's like oh, in that okay. interview, Ray says they did though. In that one interview, he talks about fighting Probert.
1: Does he not? Unless I'm high. It was, it, isn't it on YouTube where he's sitting in a library and the guy's talking to him? I, I'm not I'm not kidding. I might have to go back and because like, now that I'm really thinking about it. So I had Rob Ray on my show, which and I, I would tell folks to go listen to it. But I was having really bad Internet issues because Spectrum is a fucking terrible Internet provider. And for the first like 30 minutes of the interview, I'm like, well, I was sitting not night for the interview. You don't hear me stopping and starting. But like I was having really bad Internet issues and I felt so fucking bad. And I asked him about fighting Probert. I said, you, you know, you never fought Probert. And now that I'm thinking about it, I think he even goes on and says he never fought Bob Probert. No, that's just with my interview, and I don't, you know, it could be something else. And I don't know how much validity there is to it, but I want to say he's he, in my interview. He said he never fought Probert. Oh, well, there you go. Well, then. Well, so now, and, and that, like that I swear, prepared, the thinking.
0: other one, I, either it was in his book. He talks about fighting him. I don't... Or he said he fought. I don't know. And then... Okay, he said he did. And then on your show... Well, if he said he didn't, then I'm sure he did. And there's, like, literally no record of it. Like, I'm dropping your gloves. It's not on there. There's, like... No one's ever talked about it. So, it's like, I don't know. Whatever.
1: So, then there's another... And then there's... Okay, so I have two others. Sorry, I'm providing a lot lot of... Multiple choice here. Um... The other one I want to see, and this came from the last Gladiators documentary, I know it's been talked about a couple of times, but Chris Nyland, it wasn't him that said it, it was a teammate that said he knocked Ben Wilson out in one punch. I would like to see that footage, because I, if I had to guess, I don't think it was a, like, a, a square-up fight, You know, as square-up as it could be with a guy like Ben Wilson and Chris Nyland, because you know, there isn't no, hey, buddy, do you want to go with those two? It was, you know, let's fucking get at it. Um but if I had to take a wild guess, I would think Ben Wilson did something and Nylon came up behind and maybe suckered him or something because that would that was Nylon's job and he was phenomenal as an enforcer and that's what he did. Um, so I'm thinking that's what happened. But that footage I would actually really like to see as well because – or if there is any out there um, just to kind of disprove that myth or prove it. I don't know. Because uh, I don't know if it ever happened. I know some people have talked about it before as well. I don't know if you remember that at all from the last Gladiators or not. I hate I Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I only know it because I watched it religiously after school like a fucking nerd for like a month and a half. <laughs> it was good. I think I've watched it twice,
0: though. What You know, other than that. But... Um... Fucking look at it! here, throwing out the Sam's shit. Like I, I, you're, I'm like, did this really happen? Did it not happen?
1: <laughs> Bubs, Bub, there's no such thing as Saskatchewans.
0: Yeah, I'm, I was just gonna say, I wish there was more Bob Prober Junior. footage. All of a sudden, you're throwing out fights That's that may it. have happened, may not have happened. Holy shit! Well,
1: and then I'll give you one more because this is, and I already brought up the fucking, I already brought him up once, but it's just because he's got such the the following. I I would love to see the Fontanato versus Gordy Howe footage for the love of God, so we can end. Yeah. With Please, I wish that was out there. I never even thought it. That's a good answer.
0: That is a good one. Yeah, it's yeah what I'm here for? I just provide great answers. Let, let's. Well, let's not get too carried away. But you know, <laughs> you, you're good. At, you're good at filling time. We'll put it that way. I'll give you that. You're a good time filler. Yeah. Hey,
1: <laughs> all filler, no killer, baby.
0: <laughs> the, exactly. Well, here we go. We'll mercifully put this to an end with the final question number ten. Go. And of course, as, as I said, for those listening, I mean, guys, listen, everybody listening, you guys already know that. Obviously, Alec has had the long-running podcast, the Five for Fighting podcast. He is now on the on the network with me, and uh, so tune into his show. So, as a podcaster, dead or alive, who would what guest would you love to have on your show? If you get one guy, dead or alive,
1: who would it be? Dead or alive? Fuck. Um could I give you both? Could I give you yeah. one for alive and one for dead? All right, we'll do You're that. You're all about filler. Yeah. Yeah, all right. There we go. Got to fill in. Well, 26 answers here. minutes. Get me to 30. Yeah. Uh so uh maybe I'm thinking no, I'm just kidding Um alive, I mean, fuck, the stories for days. I know you 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 know, you gave he gave his top 5, you know, inadvertently to you or whatever when you you, you, yeah. you were, a guy was playing middleman, but I mean how can you not say Link Gates for? Of course, him that's the exact answer. Um, I'd have to. Yep. I mean, the stories are just endless, and it's like every time you bring up Link Gates, there's just another story that comes out of just kind of folklore. Um, well, mean, if you could point, get a lucid
0: Link Gates that wanted to talk to you and would talk about yep. his entire career, and you could go into, you could go full Lazito and do like three volumes or whatever, all. That would be the greatest hockey. And he could tell, remember everything and he would be willing to talk about it. That would be the greatest. I don't care what anybody says. That would be the greatest hockey interview of
1: all time. I mean, not even talking hockey, just Link Gates just stories Link. in general. Yeah. yeah. I mean, without the hockey, you could just make a 10-hour saga, I'm sure. Yeah. So, just, I mean, and to toss hockey in there, and his, let alone his fights as well. I mean, holy shit. Excuse me. Um, I mean, you could just go on for days. So, having Link Gates on, I mean, that'd be an absolute dream. And I know, well, you, you got his top five. I talked to him years ago over the phone. I don't think I've ever told this to anybody. I talked to him like years ago over the phone. I was trying to get him a, a jersey. He ended up moving, and I think something happened with his address, so I couldn't end up getting to him. And I had like a three minute conversation with Link Gates on the phone before. Um, and it was everything you'd, you'd hoped it would dr- and dream it would be from a Link Gates conversation. I'll put it that way. Um, and as ter- as far as someone who's, who's I guess not alive or passed away, um, man, I think I'd say either Bob Probert or I think it'd be really cool to interview John Ferguson as well as the fir- kind of the first yeah. enforcer. Yeah, to kind of get in like, pick his brain on what went into it, because he's regarded as the first enforcer. So how did what was his mindset going into the role, I guess, because I, I don't even know if you can call it a role because the role wasn't developed yet. He was the pioneer of it. So kind of what was his idea? And what was his philosophy going into these games? Because He's the first guy ever really employed for his toughness. Now, of course, he could put up points, too, as we've seen his you know, stats. It's, there's evidence there in his hockey DB. It's not that hard to go back and look at John Ferguson's stats as well. But he was the first guy employed as an enforcer. So it would just be interesting to see kind of his mindset and what he thought of the role at the time because this was the Wild West still when it was like, you know, fucking stick swinging and line brawls, bench clearing brawls, you name it. It was just the Wild West back then. So I think interviewing John Ferguson would be very interesting. That's Yeah, it
0: would be. Yeah, yeah. Actually, those are the, well, Probert and Gates would be the answers I'd give. But yeah, if you could say Ferguson, that'd be a good one too. Actually, I would like to talk to Schultz too. That'd be interesting, the Hammer, to sit and talk with him. Yes, yeah, yep. that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Well, yeah, Dave Schultz be a legendary interview. Yeah, he's uh, actually a bunch of them are coming here to Saskatoon next month for an uh, alumni dinner or something. Uh, yeah, it'd be cool to to run into him. Uh, I mean, because it's in a smaller town, so but I mean, obviously they have to fly into Saskatoon, so I'm sure that we staying at one of the hotels downtown. Hopefully, maybe I'll run into him, but. Yeah, he. Uh, it'd be interesting to sit and talk to the to the hammer for
1: sure. Um, yeah, and I think Tony Twist too. As a, sorry, just throwing another one out yeah. there for someone like to interview as like just his his mindset on the role is one of my favorite. Like it's just the blueprint for how an enforcer should be, and I I love it, man. Tony Twist is just fucking awesome. His fight style, his mentality on the role, everything about Twister is just awesome.
0: I'd like to have Twist on. I know he's been on 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 other shows and whatever. But it always seems to me when he's on the, the stuff that I've seen him because I'll, I'll listen to all of this stuff when he's on.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: well, on most podcasts, I'll listen to when he's on. Um, he uh, he kind of it kind of talks about the same stuff, like it's the same kind of <laughs> incidents or whatever. I would like to open it up more, and I'd like to talk yep. to him more about like when he first started playing in the BC Junior League and then came to Saskatoon and a bunch of his junior fights and. Um. yeah that would be fun to talk to him about that and then like his shit in the IHL and you know then obviously get to the NHL stuff but I'd, I'd like to talk to him more about Junior because of course yeah. being in Saskatoon and whatever and I'd like to talk, and I've seen a bunch of his stuff from Junior so yeah that would be like it'd be interesting to talk to him about Link Gates
1: I was just going to say I'd love to hear about the build up to the Gates rematch in the IHL where he fucking he got his revenge on him you know I'd like, I like, yeah, no, exactly. I'd like to talk to him about that getting killed in
0: Saskatoon, fighting them. They had fought in <laughs> Spokane before that, but no one's ever seen it. And I don't think anybody. That's some ever, footage
1: too. That's another one on there for the footage. Yeah, I should. I, I wasn't even thinking about junior stuff because there's so much great junior stuff out there that's just unseen. Well, I mean, you said Probert's junior stuff.
0: Yeah, I've, no one's ever seen the the first Twist Gates fight. I don't even know how it went. I don't think he's ever said it. So I'd like to ask him about that. I, I want to say maybe in the bad boys books way back when, I think he said late kind of got the better of him in their first fight in Spokane. So he was really wound up for the rematch at Saskatoon. And then he ended up like not even landing a punch and just getting destroyed. Yeah. He even had the hometown fans call him a punching bag on the video. Yeah. That,
1: I, I, it was funny when I first watched that cause this was years ago, I thought it was the away crowd giving it to him. And it was after, I think, Oh man, I think it was when you and I talked for our very first interview. That's like, not even, not even out there anymore. Um, I think you and I talked about it. You were like, yeah, no, that was the home crowd giving yeah. it to him. I was like, oh, that's brutal. Yeah. It sucks. And I Like, man, I'm a huge Tony Twist fan. And out of, uh, to this day, I've gone down the rabbit hole of Tony Twist so many times, and there's n- he's never taken a beating like that in any other fight. It was just something. I've never seen anything like that. But only if there's one player that's going to fucking do it, it's Link Gates. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So,
0: yeah, well, there we go, folks. There's the uh, ten rapid fire questions with Alec. I want to thank you for taking the time to come on. I know we've spent, I know it's late there, and we spent a long
1: time yapping, but uh, I think that went well. Oh, I'd say so. I'm, you know, I'm sure I ruffled some feathers, but you know, all in good fun here, folks. <laughs> absolutely. And and we cracked open the first ever Bush Light Peach, so we're breaking we're breaking barriers here. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, man, well, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime, man. You know, it's always fun coming on here. Like I said, I think I'm nipping at Jay's heels for the most returned guests, so uh, I mean, I I know we're going to be on here in the future. We're coming up with Ice Wars, so looking forward to it. Yeah, that's it, right, folks?
0: July 15th, Cheyenne, Wyoming, Ice Wars 3. I'll definitely have those jokers on. I think we'll be doing a live show that night, I think. We were just talking about it. I think we might do a YouTube live show. I think that'd be fun. At at any rate, we'll be watching and (laughs) yapping about it, so it'll be fun, but uh, yeah,